obviously we're talking about Christmas at the movies and each week we have a different movie that just kind of helps us illustrate the message for that week. And this week it's Elf. How many of you ever seen the movie Elf that was on the screen? You, like there's all this haze up here. There's fog. Look, I got fog again. I got fog again. You have to understand. How many of you were here for the Back to the Future series? You saw that? Do you remember seeing the DeLorean on stage? Did you know that Pastor Kevin, the fog, he didn't have fog on the day that he came out of the DeLorean, but do you know that I had fog when I came out of the DeLorean? Which is just a beautiful, and so I'm preaching again this morning, and there's fog. It just keeps happening, and he's so jealous. So can you just give him an aw real quick? Just aw, I know. <laughs> it was fun. Okay. <laughs> All right. I do, I do have favor. Who said that? I have favor. Yeah, thank you. I'm just kidding. All right, well, I'm excited to get in the word today. We're talking about Elf, and if you've ever seen the movie Elf, you know that Elf, he was raised um, with the elves, and he was on search, and he was in pursuit of searching for uh, his dad, really, to kind of find out his identity, right? He was, on, he was on a pursuit, he was on a search for that, and the message the Lord laid on my heart this morning for us today at Calvary is a message on identity. How many of you know that identity is important? Amen? Identity lets you know who you are, right? It helps put, gives you, an, it lets you know when you know something's identity, when you know your identity, you know who you are, and then you begin to live from that place of identity. If you don't know who you are, it's kind of confusing, right? If somebody doesn't understand who they are, they're a little bit confused, it's a little bit difficult, it's kind of like you're wandering, you're lost a little bit, identity is important. When we understand who we are, there's a confidence level that comes with that. Can I get an amen? And you begin to walk in confidence if you have a clear understanding and picture of identity. And so the message this morning is one of identity. Now, how many of you know, let me, I, I want to kind of start, back it up just a little bit. How many of you know that you are a spirit, right? You have a soul and you live in a? Oh, good job this morning. So you're a three-part being. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in your body, right? The body, your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. This is that physical flesh part right here. The reason I'm talking about this is because when you give your life to the Lord, there's a part of you that the Bible talks about being reborn and made new. Amen? That's your spirit. Your spirit is made new. The moment that you give your life to Jesus, the Bible talks about old things passing away, all becoming new. He, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And unfortunately, the physical body doesn't change. Some of us would like the physical body to change when we give our life to the Lord and all made new. But that doesn't change, does it? It's your spirit that's reborn. It's your spirit that becomes new. Amen? That becomes new. So the part that your soul piece, so remember you're, you are a spirit, you have a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. It's that personality piece of who you are. That's the piece when the Bible talks about renewing your mind and you kind of go on this journey as you walk with the Lord and you renew your mind. That's the part that begins to be renewed. You have to change your thinking, your thought process. That's as you grow in the Lord, you grow. This, this begins to change to come into line with, with now what your spirit has been made new. Can I get an amen? Because you're, you're, this, this is a part that has to be renewed because you, you still have this flesh part, right? So you, have, you are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. Well, your spirit, at the moment that you give your life to Jesus, I love this. 
The Bible is so clear that your spirit is made new, that you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you are an heir to the throne, that you are his masterpiece, that you are a child of the Most High God. That is an instantaneous work, my friends. Can we get an amen for that? We're going to talk more about it. That is an instantaneous work. But how many of you know that there's a little bit of a journey that we don't always live as though we are that child? That we don't always live from that place of being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That maybe all of our actions don't always line up with what we know happened at that moment of salvation. Can I, you understand what I'm saying? That doesn't always happen there. And why is it? Well, surely there's a renewing process that happens. Remember, we talked about that just a couple of seconds ago, that a mind has to be renewed. But sometimes, if you don't know what you have to renew yourself to, it's a very difficult process. If you don't know what, if, if, you're, if your mind, your will, and your emotions doesn't, have an, don't, doesn't know what, who God's created you to be, then that process of renewing your mind kind of stops, right? Does that make sense? So it's important to understand who you are so that you can begin to live from that place. Now I'm going to get ahead of myself. So we're going to get into my notes over here. Identity is important. You live out of your identity. You know, when you understand who you are, man, there's a beautiful uh, process where you can go from being insecure to confident. You can go from being rejected to wanted, hated to loved, abandoned to adopted, broken to restored, insignificant to valuable, a failure to success, forgotten to seen. All of these things, all of this was done at that finished work when you gave your life to God. But there's this, this, this process of understanding and renewing our mind to what God has done for us. And sometimes, even though we've given our life to God, there's these times where we live out of a place of insecurity or we live out of a place, a posture, walking around as though we are the rejected rather than the wanted. Sometimes we live as though we're, we're not loved when we are loved. Sometimes we, lived, we live from the place of being abandoned even though we have been adopted. Sometimes we live from the place of being broken, even though God has restored us. He's made all things new. Sometimes we live out of insignificance when we really are valuable and very significant. Sometimes we live from this place of taking on the identity of I am a failure rather than I am a success. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am, I am created in his image. Sometimes we live as though we've been forgotten rather than the, than the fact that we've been seen. And it changes when what you believe about yourself, even though the finished work at Christ, even though when you gave your life to Jesus, what you believe about yourself begins to determine your actions and begins to determine how you live. You know, there's a saying that says your life goes in the direction of your most dominant thought, which really is scripture, right? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, mouth speaks. Guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. Why is that so important? Because what you believe be, you begin, you live and you take action, you begin to walk based on what you believe. So if you believe that, that you are insignificant, if you believe that you're not enough, if you believe that you're unworthy, if you believe that you're not wanted, if you believe that you're rejected, if you believe that you're not loved, then you're going to begin to live your life in that fashion. And why is that important? Why is it important? Why does that even matter? Well, it matters huge 
Because you have a sphere of influence. You have people that God's called you to, to minister to, to love. You are part of the, body of the body of Christ. The Bible says that you are a city on a hill. You are salt. You are light. You are, you, you are there to bring healing and restoration. He gave you the great commission to go out and preach the gospel and to let people know about him and to heal all those who are oppressed of the enemy, right? Amen? You have a mission. You're on mission. And if you're not believing the right things about who you are, it affects the way you walk your mission. And if you feel as though you're not wanted, if you feel insecure, you feel um, unworthy, what happens? You begin to shrink back. You begin to pull back. And you begin to live with a smaller belief and, and, and understanding. And you begin to just back off rather than walking in boldness and confidence in what God's called you to do. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, Pastor Maria, I know exactly who I am. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> but I, I, would, I, would, I would put this forth for you to kind of think about. I would ask you to consider. You may have an understanding of who you are, a great grasp, but sometimes this, this misconception with identity doesn't just affect our whole life, Sometimes it can affect parts of our life. You may be confident and understand and have been able to receive God's love for you in one area, but maybe not every area. Does that make sense? There may be parts of your life that you've been able to receive that and your mind has been renewed, but then there may be other parts when you get into certain relationships or certain situations, or there might be... Um, something from your past, which we'll kind of dig into in a little bit here, where it kind of triggers and you begin to shut down and you begin to believe a lie versus the truth in that area. And what I believe with every fiber of my being is that as a child of God, there's not any area that God wants you to believe a lie over the truth. He wants you to walk in confidence. He wants you to know who you are in him because he understands and we understand this is nothing of our own doing, right? We didn't, we didn't, we can't pay for this. We can't buy this. We can't make this happen in and of our own self, amen? This is all the finished work of Christ, what he's done for us. And he doesn't want you to live any lower than what he's paid for. He doesn't want you to live anything less. I mean, Jesus paid for this on the cross, right? He took care of this. Why would he want you to stay there? He wants you because when you walk into that and understand who he's created you to be and you begin to walk in that, there's a freedom that comes with that. Amen? There's a confidence and you begin to be on mission. And I'm so excited to talk about that today. Are you with me today? Are you excited about this today? Amen? I love this. So there's a couple of different areas the Lord put on my heart um, you know, maybe to help us kind of identify some of these different um, misconceptions or mindsets with identity. And so there's three, three different areas I want to just touch on. And one is this. Uh, I had a play on words with the word identity. One is just a lost identity. When you lose something, you just can't find it, right? You're just kind of looking around, trying to see um, trying to find something. You can't, you can't find it. When, so when writing down the word lost identity, the words, I wrote this, where do I fit? Sometimes, have you ever been there? You're not quite sure where you fit at a loss for who you're supposed to be. What was I made for exactly? I can't find it. And I, I've had a lot of conversations with individuals who say, you know, I just don't know where I fit. And there's like this struggle. They feel like they just have this lost identity. So I'm going to read you a scripture and it's this. 
Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7. And I want you to listen, and I want you to receive this truth for you today. It says this, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, now you are no longer a slave, but you are God's own child. And since you are his child, God God has made you into his heir. Come on, somebody, get excited about that. Listen. Listen, you don't, have to, you don't have to walk around wondering where you fit or not sure. Listen, there is a place for you. You are a child of God. He has adopted you into his family. You are his heir. He has created. Um, oh, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Uh, Ephesians 2 says this, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So two things there, my friend. One, you feeling lost. Maybe you lost, it's just you can't find it. You can't see that identity. One, that scripture just very clearly said he created you for good things that he planned long ago. So long time ago, he's already set up the good things that he has for you to do. So there's a plan and there's a purpose, which means there's a place that you fit. But then he's also made you his masterpiece, which, he's, which he looks at you like his masterpiece and his child. My goodness, he wants you to cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy, you fit, you belong, you have a place. There's no more wandering. If you feel as though you've been wandering and you just don't see what, where you fit, there is a place. Receive that this morning. I just want to declare that over you, that you belong. Amen? You fit. You have a place. You, 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 you can call out, Daddy, Daddy, Abba, Father. You are his child. He's made you an heir. Amen? You're his masterpiece. You're his workmanship. Amen? Do you receive that this morning? The second one is this, a false identity. I'm going to probably spend a little bit more time on this one. A false identity, uh, when you hear the word false identity, you probably have seen movies uh, where certain characters pick up a false identity, right, and they begin to live under a false name, false identity. They take up a different um, job, a a whole different life. They live in that place of, of false identity. And you know, it doesn't just happen in movies. And some of us that can happen with, you didn't necessarily change your physical name, but maybe you've adopted an identity, whether somebody maybe from your past, things that you used to do, you've adopted that as your identity. Maybe something that somebody has said to you and, and they've labeled you something. Maybe you're trying to grasp an identity from somebody else. You're saying, this is who I want to be. I want this. This is who I want to be. But it's, it's a false identity. It's not the truth. And I want to talk to this about some, to, to this day because when it doesn't line up with the word of God, oftentimes we try to fit into something that's not made for us. And even stealing identity from the wrong sources. You know, I look at these two pieces of equipment. You're probably wondering what they're up here for. Yeah, okay. Never mind. I was, I was laughing because they're little baby equipment, and we don't have any more of this in our house anymore, and I'm okay with that. We have moved on. It's okay. Um, anyway, so we have the, this little tiny high chair and this little swing. Um, and you know, in one time in my life, I probably fit into this. It was a very long time ago. But you know, it would look weird if I tried to climb into this and to fit into this. 
because I, because I don't fit, right? You would look at me and be like, what are you doing? This is, that's not made for you. You're trying to stuff yourself and cram yourself into something that wasn't designed and made for, for who I am. See, when we give our lives to the Lord, right, the Bible says that all things have been made new, right? And sometimes we try to, to fit into things that aren't the new, the new that Jesus has paid for us. Sometimes we try to stay in identities of the past. We try to hang on to labels that people have given us. We try to reach after what we feel like we want our identity to be, but it doesn't fit. It would look just as odd as if I try to climb in and stay inside of it, which if I get in this, I'm going to break it, so I'm not going to get in this. But if I try to sit in here and be in this, it would look odd. Why? Because it's not made for me. But if I walk down there and sit in that chair, it's going to fit like a glove. Why? Because it was made for me. There's an identity for you. You are a child of God. When you try to live outside of that, when somebody's called you a failure, when somebody says you're never going to amount to anything, or you're not wanted, or maybe they rejected you and you went through something really difficult in your life, that happened. But is that your identity? No, that's not who you are. Situations and circumstances don't get to dictate who you are. And when you are a child of God and you have given your life to the Lord, right, that's, that you have been made new, that doesn't fit on you just like me sitting in that swing doesn't fit on me anymore. I'm new. I've been recreated. You know what fits on me? Child of God, overcomer, victorious, Amen. temple of the Holy Spirit, Amen. conqueror, the head and not the tail, Amen. anointed of God, Amen. child of God, that's what fits on me. Amen. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, that's what fits on me. And if I try to stay here, it doesn't fit. But sometimes, and sometimes some of us are frustrated because we're hanging on to an identity that Jesus has already paid for us to come out of. But my friend, realizing the truth. Some see, sometimes this is where the renewing of the mind comes in because we, we, it's like we, we battle in the mind, but no, but no, but no, this is who I am. And Jesus is saying, no, that's not who you are. You walked through that. That doesn't fit on you anymore. Grab my hand and we're going to come up out of that. I'm going to walk you up out of that. You're, that's where the freedom comes in. He's gonna, he's, he wants to pull you up out of that so that you can begin to walk really in who you are. And that's where peace comes in. That's where freedom comes in. That's where joy comes in. That's where you can walk in the fullness of who you were created to be. Amen? No wonder it's frustrating. No wonder we, there's all this inner turmoil when we want to stay here. Sometimes that's just all we've known. And that's why I want to talk about it today. <laughs> to help bring us out of that, out of that, that false identity. You know, I often think of, have, how many of you saw The Little Mermaid? Have you seen The Little Mermaid? 
Do you remember the scene with Ariel and she's in her little cave and she's singing about all the different treasures that she's collected and she picks up a dinglehopper and it's a fork and she begins to just brush her hair with this dinglehopper and she's excited about this dinglehopper and I'm just laughing knowing that if I tried to use a dinglehopper on my hair when it was wet, it was gonna, I'm gonna have some tangles. Can I get an amen? Yeah, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. If you've got that long hair, that is not gonna just go smooth through that because that's not what it was created for. But now if I pull up the dinglehopper, which is really a fork, and I begin to eat food with it, it functions so much better. Why? Because that's what it was created to do. And how many times we try to force ourselves into something that we weren't created to do, when if we could just step over into what we were created to do and allow ourselves to, to operate in that freedom and in the gifts and in the anointing in our life and walk that way, then we begin to flourish and be all that God's created us to be. Why? Because we're stepping into what we were created to do in the first place. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 There's scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 23 through 24 says this. Instead, instead of all this, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Listen, you don't have to be afraid of who God says you are. I don't know who that's for today. But you don't have to be afraid of letting go of control. So many times, some of us in the room, and maybe that's just for one, I don't know who that's for, but we have a fear of letting go. We're scared because it's like we're letting go of control. If I let go, that's scary to us. Listen, my friend, you don't have to be afraid of what Jesus has for you. You don't have to be afraid of what he speaks over you. You don't have to be afraid of, of walking with him, of letting go of that and just opening your heart and saying, okay, God, I release I am no longer a victim. Some of us find so much comfort. We were victimized, and we find so much comfort hanging onto that as our identity, that we just want to live in this place. But you know what, my friend? You may have been a victim of something, but you are not a victim. God has restored you. God has wanted you. He brings healing. He brings restoration. You can step out of that, and you can allow that to be a testimony for God's grace, but you don't have to live from that place. You may have failed at one thing in the past, but you are not a failure. Amen? You may... Sometimes we just want to hang on to it like it's a security blanket. But I tell you what, that's a false security. And it's a false sense of control. It's every single time it's false because that, that will only lead you to destruction. That wrong mindset, uh, living from the wrong place, living from the wrong identity, living from there will not reap the harvest you want to reap. Because you cannot sow negativity and believe God for a positive harvest. And there's freedom, and it's just like Jesus reaching out his hand saying, you can trust me. These nail-scarred hands, you can trust him. Amen? A false identity. And the last one of the three that I want to talk about today is this one. And this one probably would be to most of us in the room who've maybe been saved for a minute, or two, or a lot of them. And you've been maybe raised in church, and for whatever reason, you hear this, and you hear us saying, listen, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are redeemed. You've been set apart. You are chosen. You're anointed. And whatever reason, 
you have the mentality, and I'm going to read it right off here so you get it right, striving to make yourself into who Christ has already paid, you, paid for you to be. That you say, yeah, I agree with you, Pastor. I hear you. That's who I am. But you take it on your shoulders to make yourself into the redeemed. To make yourself to live in a place that qualifies you to be anointed. Or you're trying to make yourself into this. Listen, Jesus has already paid for that. You can't make yourself any more forgiven. You can't make yourself any more wanted. You can't make yourself any more loved. You can't make yourself any more a child of God. You can't make any of that happen. Nothing that you do in your own strength can make any of that identity that was already paid for happen. It's yours. So this is what happens for those of us, because I've struggled with that at times too. We often find ourselves striving to become rather than living from. Striving to become rather than living from. Striving to become loved rather than living from the place of I am loved. And that's not always easy. Sometimes there's this internal battle because how many of you, we know that we're our own worst critic. Most of us are tougher on ourselves than we are on anybody else. Can I get an amen? And so we can sit there and point out all of our flaws we can tell you all the reasons why that shouldn't be true. But Jesus paid for all of those. And he said, you are loved. You are my child. And you get to live from that place, not try to get to that place. Because he's already done it. And then that, see, see, did you feel that mindset shift? For some of us in the room, that's, that's renewing our mind. That's what that feels like. Renewing our mind is changing the way we think. It's bringing our mind into alignment with the Word of God. That takes intentionality, right? Because old habits sometimes die hard. Because you can hear it, and then you walk out, and all of a sudden those old thoughts and feelings come back, right? And you can find yourself slipping back into that. But that's when those moments where we have to make a choice. And I'm going to walk through some things that we can do. Make a choice to dive into what the Word of God says. And to set our mind on what He says. The Bible tells you that you can set your mind on things above, right? You can tell yourself what, like you can focus on what you think. You have to take a minute and you, that's part of the work that we get to do. Renewing our mind not to get there. So that it comes into alignment with what's already been done for us. Amen? Amen. Striving, a lot of times we strive to become rather than living from. Trying to earn the identity that God's already paid for us. And I'm going to read a scripture in Galatians here. Oop, I thought I had it marked. I don't. So there's a bazillion scriptures, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to read one. And it's Galatians 2. I'm going to read verse 21, and it just says this. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. And you can read chapter 2, you can read chapter 3, but in a nutshell, it's just a reminder that if our works by living by the law was just a, 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 they were, it was living through works, if our works could have justified us, if us being good enough could have saved us, 
There was no need for Jesus to come, but we needed a savior. We needed Jesus to come, amen? And guess what, he did come. So it means it's not on our shoulders to be perfect and to make it happen. Perfection will never live up to that anyway. If you try to strive for perfection, you're just setting yourself up for failure because you can never be perfect, right? So I'm gonna live from the place that Christ did that for me rather than me trying to make it happen. Amen? Isn't there so much freedom in that? I love that. So as we grow today and as we move forward and as we begin this process of stepping out of old mindsets and stepping into who we were created to be, um, there's a few things that we can do to help that. But you know, I want to encourage you, sometimes we're content to live in the same place, and I talked about this a minute ago, even if it's wrong, because it may be all we know or it might just be easy, and I just want to challenge you and ask this one question. By staying in that place and not growing and not moving forward and not going through that transformational journey that God has for us, because remember, this has already been done, this is who we are, but now we have to renew our mind to catch up with what God's already done. I just want to ask you, what, what are we often giving up now that we know? Now that we know who God's called us to be. Now that we know that our thoughts don't always line up with who God says we are, right? I mean, we already knew that, but with a lot of us, now we know. We know the word of God says this, and sometimes my thoughts have to be renewed to come into line with that because I want to live out of a place, I want to live out of his identity for me, not what I, what I grew up thinking about myself or what I've adopted as false identity, right? We want, to, we want to live from the place of what God says about us. But if we don't do that, what do we end up giving up? Well, we give up honestly, peace. We give up impact for the kingdom. We give up mentoring our next generation. If you're raising kids in this room, I don't know about you, but I want to live from the place of knowing who I am in God, right? Knowing what Jesus has done for me. I want to live from that. I don't want to put up with old mindsets of being insecure or being not enough or being worthless or being rejected. I don't want to live from those places. Why? Because I want to mentor it into my children because I want them to live free. I want them to live to the fullness of their identity. I want to want them to live out of the fullness, fullness of what God has for them. I don't want them to be stuck in old mindsets of being insecure so that they walk into a room or they walk into a group or they make decisions based on I'm a failure or I'm not, I'm not enough in this life. I want them walking in boldly saying, you know what? No, I'm a child of God. I can hear God's voice and the voice of a stranger I'm not going to follow. I carry the anointing of God. I carry the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I am a temple of the Holy Ghost. I am a child of the Most High God, he's made me an heir. I'm his masterpiece. I don't care what another kid at school says about me as I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? And I want to model that for the next generation. So my friend, it's not just about us. It's about the impact in your sphere of influence. Man, if that doesn't get you excited, that gets me excited. That gets me passionate because if I break through, then I get to help model that to the next generation. Amen? And I get to say, this is what a child of God, this is what a city on a hill looks like. This is what salt and light looks like. This is what freedom looks like. This is what living from what Jesus paid for looks like. This is what it looks like. And you can do it too. And then they're going to go farther than we went. Amen? This is what praying with boldness and approaching the throne of grace with boldness, like Pastor Kevin talked about, this is what that looks like. This is what it looks like to walk by faith and to see God come through time and time again. This is what it looks like to be confident in who I am in Christ. And does that mean that, bad, that those negativity and that fear doesn't come every once in a while or wrong thoughts don't come around all the time? No. No, of course they come. It just means, and we had a, our old pastor 
said this, and I, I, I may have said it in church already, and I apologize if I have, but it's a great reminder. He said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can sure stop it from building a nest in your hair. I thought that was a great illustration. I have control over what I let build a nest in my hair. I tell you what, there's no bird going to build a nest in my hair. But in reality, fear may come, wrong thoughts come, those old mindsets and feelings may try to come back, but you have control if they stay or not. You can take authority, take every thought captive, and bring it into obedience of what that word of God says, obedience of Christ. You take authority. You stand up. You, that Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you are not a weak, weak person. If that's been your identity and you think that you're just weak, my friend, let me tell you, you are, you are created in his image. You are filled with the power of God. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. You may feel physically weak, but I tell you, the spirit of God in the inside of you is not. And you don't have to do it in your strength. You tap into his strength. Amen? So when that comes, you just resist the devil and he has to flee. You tell him to go. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Amen? You don't let it stay. Just because it's there, does those thoughts come to not mean that they're truth. Oh, I'm enjoying this. You having fun? Okay. All right. All right. Okay, so how do we step out of these old mindsets? I'm so glad you asked. Okay, here's a few things. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to, we're going to (laughs) go with them for the sake of time. One, first and foremost is this, just meditate on the word of God. God has given us a love letter. He's given us his word to tell us exactly who we are. If you have that lost identity, you're not sure who you are, maybe you're brand new to church, maybe this is your first time coming, maybe you've never even given your life to Christ, you're going to have an opportunity to do that in a few minutes. It doesn't matter where you are, you have something. God has given it. You know, it's not a guessing game. God's told us who we are right here. And meditating on this, feeding on it. What does meditating mean? Reading it, thinking about it, letting it get into your spirit. You know, we meditate about all kinds of things. We meditate about the news and what grows in our spirit. Probably fear, anxiety, worry, stress, strife, hatred, all kinds of stuff, right? You meditate when you think about things. When you, what you allow, just meditate in the Word of God. This is, this tells you who you are. He's told you. It's there. You don't have to guess. It's here. Amen? You meditate on the Word of God. This is your plumb line. It tells you what's truth and what's a lie. So if you struggle with it, you're not sure, and you struggle with a false identity, or you're not sure what it is, then you go back to this. And this, this is like your plumb line. It's, where, it's what you guide. If it doesn't line up with this, then you know that it's not accurate. Amen? He doesn't want to leave you guessing. God is not trying to, he's not being cruel. And making you try to guess. Amen? He's making it obvious. He wants you to be victorious. He wants you to live this way. Amen? Amen. Meditating on the word of God. Go on an identity hunt if you need to, you know, through this. Find out the truth and fill your heart with it. Amen. Um, The second thing, we're going to do this together in just a minute. But speak the word. Don't just read it. The Bible says that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. Amen? And when you decree and declare a thing, how many of you know that who's the person that hears you talk more than anybody else? Yourself. I mean, yourself. 
And do you know that your spirit needs to hear you decree and declare the word of God too? And it's a really great litmus test of what you believe when you listen to the words coming out of your mouth, right? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, what? Speaks. So when the words coming out of your mouth will give you a really great indicator of what you believe about yourself. I can have a conversation with somebody and tell you what their heart is full of just by what's coming out of their mouth. Because it just flows up out of their, out of, out of their spirit. So as we speak the word of God, it's another way that we get to hear it and it gets down into our spirit. And plus, you're speaking over yourself. You're speaking life. You're speaking truth. Amen? Decreeing and declaring the word of God over your life. Another thing to do is to get into a community like this church of truth speakers. The Bible says not to forsake the gathering together of the saints. Amen? And one of the reasons of that, there's so many reasons, but one of the reasons is when we're by ourselves, it's a lot easier to be deceived and to stay in deception. But when you get into a room like this and other people around you, they can look at you and they can just begin to speak truth. They can help point that out. They can begin to pray for you. They can link arms with you. When you get into a room like this in this atmosphere and then you're praying with one another, believing God with one another, you're not meant to do this on your own. I hope you know that. The Bible calls it the family of God and the body of Christ for a reason because we weren't meant to do this all on our own. Amen? He wants us to connect. He spread out the gifts. He gave them to so many. He gave them to everybody, right? Which means for me to be the fullness that God's created me to be, I need something from you. I need something from you. You need something from me. We need each other. Amen. And to get into a room and then somebody else can see, they can see and they can say, no, no, no. You know, that, that's not truth. Stop saying that. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are loved. You are his workmanship. Amen. And they can help bring you back into line. Getting in, staying plugged in. Small groups are a big part of that. Getting into a small community of believers who will link arms with you and pray with you. Amen. And speak truth over you. Amen. Ah, oh, so good. Um, spending time with your heavenly father. I love that. With the one who created you. In his presence. Let him just speak to you. He will. He does. It's so fun to listen to what he has to say over you. Amen. He will always build you up. Even in his correction. When the Holy Spirit corrects you. Even when he corrects you. It's with love. And so you always come out feeling like his favorite kid. You might have had to adjust some things, but he loves you. And the last thing is this, is just to be open. Just to be open, saying, okay, God, if there's an area in my life, would you show me? Would you speak to me? I'm open. I want to see because I want to grow. I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to do all that you call me to be. I want to love people. I want to make an impact. Would you, can, would, you, would you show me? Amen? Being open. Sometimes, how many of you know we can get, like if we've been in, sometimes if we've been in church a long time, we can begin to be closed. Anybody? Am I the only one? Listen, my hand's up on that. We can begin to be closed, thinking that maybe we've heard it all. We know it all. We've been there, done that. But how many know we are, we are going from glory to glory. We're a work in progress. There's always more. There's always more. There's always something else the Holy Spirit wants to do. There's always some, another area that he can bring healing and freedom to. There's always something more, my friend. You, we've never fully achieved. 
We've never fully arrived. So if we live from that mindset, that there's always more, it's way more fun because then we're always growing, we're always receiving. Amen? It's kind of sad to think if you just shut yourself off and this is it. No wonder Christianity gets boring. No wonder we become shriveled up, just dry individuals. But if we live open, ready to receive, amen, there's always more. So we're going to do something this morning as we get ready to close. And in just a second, I'm going to ask you to stand. And I've written out just a little, it's not little, it's a little bit longer, so you're going to have to stick with me. It's a little bit longer, and it's a declaration. And we're going to practice declaring some truths over our lives. And we're going to do it together. Amen? Amen. I'm going to warn you, a couple things will happen. Some of you in this room, you've got this. You're like ready. It's like you're like, all right, come on, Pastor, let's do this. I'm excited because this is this. You live this. You're excited. You know what it's like to speak the truth of the word of God over you. I mean, you've got this. Others of, of you, it may be a little bit difficult when you hear certain words come out of your mouth. There may be something inside of you that's like, wait a minute. It may be a little bit difficult to do that. And I'm going to it's because we, A, we don't believe that about ourselves. So it goes against every, what we believe about ourselves. And maybe you haven't spoken the truth over your life in a while. And it may be a little bit difficult, but I'm going to encourage you just to speak it out in faith. Speak it out in truth, saying, you know what? No, I'm gonna, this is a process of me beginning to renew my mind to come into alignment with what's already been done for me, what Christ has already paid for me. Amen? And there is truth. And I'm believing God, man. I was praying for this service. And I'm believing God that as we decree and declare the word of God, because the word of God is living and active, and it is powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it begins to divide. And you know what? I believe that when the word of God goes forth, there is freedom that goes forth. The chains are broken off people's lives. Their eyes are opened. Amen? And the deception and freedom begins to rule and reign in this place. So if there's been an area in your life that maybe the enemy has kept you or even us have kept us from being able to move forward and have breakthrough and have freedom in, that I'm believing God that as you decree and declare the word of God that the freedom begins to hit and you begin to step out of that, amen, and you begin to step into the identity that God has for your life, amen. So this is not just a rote or a tradition. And I'm out of breath. Okay, breath. <laughs> this is not just some little thing that we do. Speaking and declaring the word of God is not a little thing. It is life. It brings change, it brings healing, and it brings deliverance. And it's powerful. I'm going to ask you to use your faith and to release your faith in that moment as you decree and declare. Amen? Are you ready to do that with me this morning? All right, would you stand to your feet, my friends? Amen. They're going to put it on the screen. I've got my little cheat sheet right here. Okay, and we're going to read this together. And we're going to declare it, and we might get a little excited. I want you to say it with authority. I want you to just, I want you to use your faith and back it up. Are you ready? Are you, okay, are you ready? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Are you ready? I get excited about these things. All right, here we go. Can you see it? It says, ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Let's go. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am in right standing with my heavenly Father. I have been justified by faith. I am a child of God. 
I am bought with a price. I have been chosen and set apart. Hallelujah. I am valuable. I am loved. I am precious. I belong. I have been made worthy. You can celebrate. You can celebrate. His grace and mercy follow me all the days of my life. His favor surrounds me as a shield. He goes before me. What I put my hand to do is blessed and prospers. I am his child and I know and hear his voice clearly. I am blessed and highly favored. I am created in his image. Come on, somebody. I am a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away and all things have become new and that includes me. I am enough. I am not a victim. I am a victor, yes. I am not rejected. I have been accepted. I am joint heirs with Christ, seated in heavenly places. I am a conqueror. I am the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. I am washed by his blood. I cannot earn his forgiveness or love. It has been freely given and lavished over my life. I am a carrier of the Holy Spirit. I am anointed. I am called. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit and a carrier of the presence and power of God. When I show up, the presence, anointing, and power of God goes with me. I walk in confidence, boldness, and grace as I accomplish the call of God upon my life. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 That is who you are. Amen. 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 Oh, I get excited. Okay. Doesn't that feel good? It feels great. Amen. That, that you, you don't have to live less than. So now let's make a choice to live from that place. Amen. We live from that place. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.